So um, whenever we have a couple episodes that are like sports or like I say high valley, I always want to get back to the musician format after a couple. And um, yeah, I got a hold of Doug to reach out to a singer songwriter in our area, Corey Vance, to come in. And I told Doug, I'm like, hey, if Corey's coming in, why don't you come in too? A couple hours uh, later, Corey's sick, and I was like, Doug, why don't you just come in? We still have a featured guest. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here with the return of Doug. Of course, Beat I wasn't Boston. a musician, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think I think now makes you officially the other than Razor and I the most yeah. most person the one person we've had on the podcast the most. So and probably the least word spoken. So that's far. It. <laughs> I get about ten words in each time. That's yeah. it. Well, you know, God love. Uh, Tim, when Tim's here, nobody's talking. And, and Lou, too. <laughs> yeah, Lou, yeah. Lou, oh, Tim's Lou. Tim's stories are great, though. That's oh, the yeah. good thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll have to start the uh, Ten Strings Tavern After Dark to tell some of the stories that Tim wants yeah. to tell. That, <laughs> well, have, you have to, you have to sign up for the membership because you have to, we have to verify your age and we're going to have <laughs> yeah. to do all that, but that, it's still to come yet. So, so thanks for coming in, Doug. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Right before, um, you're heading out to was it 50 years of hip-hop yeah. 50 yeah yeah waterfront yeah. hall yeah we're gonna go check hall. that out we're gonna we got the uh screen rolling above us we're going to check out what's coming to wheeling right now all the lineup schedules what's the, what's the next one to come to the waterfront hall um saturday um I, i'm gonna go check this one out uh the wife and i have tickets for the nailers uh okay on saturday night and then it's um company caravan and i think that's that uh stone or the um uh, Grateful Dead, okay, cover band, okay. So I think that's uh, go. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some uh, check it out for uh, dinner, go to the hockey game, and then come back and check that out in the evening. So I saw there's a uh, ELO tribute band playing at the Strand Theater coming up. Oh really? Month. Yeah. Oh Strand. yeah, wow. the Strand. I gotta check that out. I'm, I'm a Sean big Geary, ELO fan, man. That's yeah. Did you know Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne manage them? I didn't know that they managed them, but I know that Jeff Lynn had his hands in I don't know how many fantastic albums mm. out of London. I mean, he was I mean one of the best producers. And like I said, how do you get an ELO cover? That's such a unique sound. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So That's a um, lot of like keyboards and yeah, all kinds of different and strings, stuff. and yeah. you know, it'd be like trying Female to back like a whole yeah. back line of vocals. Yeah, it'd be like trying to do like a Chicago cover band with like a seven piece horn section <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or Tower of Power or something. That's just wow. Okay. Um, before we get into more music, there was a story that was all over social media last week. I wanted to ask you guys because you are two of the most diehard high State fans I know. So, oh, do you man. think Ryan Day needs out, or do you not hop on that hype train of firing a coach? After? Absolutely not. You don't I mean, think so? No. 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 I mean, I mean, and this is just my opinion, and you can take that and four dollars and get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Um, no. I mean, yes, as an Ohio State fan, and um, I personally know people that have played for Ohio State. I know a guy. Um, God love him, Ernie Andrea. He. Uh, literally grew up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, played Ohio State, got two pairs of gold pants. The gold pants is uh, the charm that you get when you 
beat that team from up north. Okay. So he's got two gold pants. Uh, he played for the Houston Oilers. Uh, and, you know, even growing up, that's the end-all, be-all. You beat that team from up north. And, you know, it's... Well, if you look at the ratings of that game compared to any other college... I think the only one that would come close was the SEC championship with yeah. Alabama and Georgia. But, no, I don't think... And, he, and, again, from somebody that has played football for years, I've coached it, I've officiated it, no. Because of the fact that, one, it was a six-point loss on the road. And, you know, there was contributing factors to that loss. It wasn't how it was coached. Yeah. You can tell when a, when a coach is on his way out. And I will say this as a diehard Patriots fan... Long before Tom Brady even, probably before Brady was even born, I was a Patriots fan. So they were terrible. And you're seeing that now. Like, they're really, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we beat the Steelers. So um, that was great for me anyway. That, Like I said, I don't care if we finish. No more wins for the season. I still have bragging rights in the Ohio Valley about beating the Steelers. Um, yeah, especially if most people want to rag on you around here. Oh, yeah. You, you have that. Yeah, because everybody was like, oh, you're a bandwagon jumper. No, I, I've got the little helmet with the old logos signed by Steve Grogan. So that tells you that I've been a fan for. <laughs> yeah, how do you fire a coach that's only lost three games and it's been Michigan? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's had a winning seasons every year. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's not, it's, I mean, like I said, my opinion, it's not a question of how the team is coached because that is not it at all. I mean, they, they hit on all cylinders. However, if you don't have the the people on the field that can do the job, that's not a coach's fault. And yeah. it definitely, like I said, I you don't know what happens like in the offseason. You don't know what happens in that locker room. You don't know what happens. And, you know, it's easy for two big Ohio State fans here to Monday morning quarterback going, you can't tell me that McCord is the best that we have. That that they're, you know, I mean, there's yeah. and maybe he is. I don't know. But and like I said. I, well, he's transferring, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. That's that's crazy too. If like a kid yeah. just is just up and decides one night transfer. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Nuts. Here's here's the thing. And again, my own opinion. You can tell me that I'm way off base. I think the other thing with that transport transfer portal is the fact that now with that NIL and the kids can make money. Mm-hmm. If you're a backup at Ohio State, you're probably going to be a number one person, probably. Almost ninety percent of any other school you go to. Yeah. So why would you not go to a school that you know that you're going to make more money? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, and I just think for, and this is again my opinion, and you tell me what you think. Um, I think the Big Ten, like a big conference, was too fast for Kyle McCord. I don't think. And this is, like I said, I, especially after, like, you watch them on television and you only get to see, but when you go up and you see them live and I, I saw them play and how he, I just think the game's too fast for him in a big major conference like that. I think he'll do better someplace else. And not that he didn't do, I mean, he only, yeah, he only had one loss. However, we didn't blow teams out. We didn't, Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of mistakes that were made. So, I uh, but going back to the the root cause of what you asked, no, I don't think Ryan Day should get fired. He was not out coached. That's definitely the factor. And how do you actually really compare to winning sixty to nothing to losing by six? You know, it's like yeah. just because they beat them by sixty doesn't mean that they're that great of a team, mm-hmm. right? And right. that's and that's the thing. Like I said, you know, there there uh, there's Alabama that's in because they because they beat Georgia. 
I mean, that's only the only reason. And like I said, you have teams at like Florida State. Everybody's like, well, they should be in there undefeated. You're right. I mean, if that's what we're doing it on, it's not, well, we think this, uh, the committee, you know, we think this will be a better game. And absolutely, that team from up north absolutely wants to play Florida State instead of Alabama. Yeah. Because I think Alabama's going to, you know, hand them their, their breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, my problem was, is you put their coach on a three game suspension and you know damn well he's at home on his phone or at the, wherever well i mean he could even phone. he was able to coach all the way up until yeah, he, saturday morning and he's so. in there listening to the announcers tell everything that's going on and he just tells his coach yeah. that's yeah in the press box yeah so yeah. the suspension wasn't that wasn't a good thing i was just uh, okay well now you can win and what's yeah. funny is i don't <laughs> if you if you notice too and um but the whole spygate thing that they were saying that uh, it's funny how after the Ohio State Michigan game, you haven't heard another word about it. Yeah, yeah. You haven't heard anything more about Connor Stallions. You haven't heard anything about anything else. So yeah. I don't know it, but I digress. I haven't was, heard anything from JD. JD's a big Michigan fan. From oh, is, it, is he? <laughs> oh yeah. And me and him, I went walking in. We beat him four or five years ago. I went to the game. I come walking in with them big fingers, and he's up here <laughs> singing. He looked at me and went. Ah. <laughs> oh man, I'm standing back there with my finger. <laughs> yeah, from like watching JD, he would have a beer in his hand and not care what he said on that stage. He just call out anything he saw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> talking about titties and everything else. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's that's our divergent off of uh, the music scene. <laughs> we <laughs> we could do another sports episode right now just on that damn game, but. Um, so back to music. Have we made any progress of finding a location for a all genre music festival in this valley that we talked about earlier? I mean, there's a bunch of them. Just to get get in it, there's a thing. Yeah. Well, I think the good thing is, is I think that, um, and I'm myself excluded because I really don't know. Between just you two sitting here, I think you guys know everybody between here pittsburgh charleston yeah. and columbus that we could find some place i mean we think civic center or whatever you want to call it west bank yeah I, I know the people that work it so i don't know if i can talk them into it or not yeah you know they're bringing in some really crazy acts in there right yeah because uh what was it last weekend that ice ice killed ice yeah. nine kills ice nine kills yeah. from what i heard that was almost sold out really yeah that's, that's what i heard yeah, I mean, it looked, those pictures looked awesome, yeah. the production of it all. All that production was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I um, didn't get to go, but I probably should have, just to see it. Yeah. Uh, Sean Geary at Dallas Cooper, he came up after uh, Loden, before the show, and he was saying that the way they had it set up, underneath the stage, they had all their equipment underneath the stage in rows with about four or five feet in between them. So if like somebody was stage right and they needed something stage left, you could sprint. While yeah. keeping your head down underneath that. If you state. want to talk about that oh, wow. concert, get a hold of Lou because Lou went to it and got backstage. Oh, did he? <clears throat> yeah, he actually hung out with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, that's nice. that's that's awesome. And that's the thing. Like I said, I've never seen a big production like 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 the load in and stuff from a backstage perspective. Where now I would really enjoy seeing how, like you said, how that's set up. How it, yeah. And it was kind of cool. Like I, you see a, a fraction of it. Like when we went to see Ed Sheeran at Accusure, you can kind of see how they that the way that stage was set up, how they had access and they could get point A to point B real quick. And 
But I would love to see that. Like I said, the couple times in my life that I've been backstage, it's just, you know, I've been Did you ever see the ZZ Top tour back when they had the Eliminator tour? No. They did that like, it was like a coal mine. They come out in the cart, went around, then they went up. And when they come back down, this tarp pulled off. And there was the Eliminator, the, sh- the space car. shuttle. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Because it was just a tarp. And it just pulled off of everything. And there was the space shuttle. I was just like, how the hell did they do that? Right. <laughs> I just, like some of that. And then another one, like I said, still to this day, one of the best stage shows I've ever seen was uh, Marilyn Manson. And it was before oh, yeah. they did like like all yeah. the CGI and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That stage literally morphed between songs. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. I probably have three. Nine Inch Nails was crazy. And then they did that thing when he put his face into those needles. Oh, yeah. Mm. They rode this thing down out of the top of this, the thing. And this guy walked up behind it and was going like, you know, this screen's 20 feet tall. And he's yeah. only, what, seven foot, six foot. Yeah. He just walks up to it and it comes out like it's coming at you. And you're huh. standing in the audience going like, hey. <laughs> it was his face coming right out of it. That's cool. And, I, you know, it wasn't really, it must have been some kind of a, you know, hell, I don't know how they actually did it, but it was really cool. Then Pink Floyd... They played Three River Stadium. Yeah, I was there. I'll never see anything like that. Again. Oh, that was great. Those Whatever big balloons. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the good thing was is with Pink Floyd, I was I was young enough and not that I've ever, you know, done anything recreational, which I, I'm not opposed well, to. to yeah, I'm not opposed to. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can I, talk about it now. But like then I didn't you know. That's so, last night, I think. I re- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well then what are we what are we drinking for? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you're allowed, what, two pa- or two ounces or something? Two yeah. ounces? <laughs> two ounces, two ounces, which you think in, like, terms of weight, like, an ounce wouldn't be that much. But yeah, and you can grow five, five plants. Yeah, well, somebody texted me and was like, hey, I don't know anything about marijuana, but it's, like, two ounces, like, a lot. He's, he's like, looking over the, the laws, and I'm like, two ounces is more than I've ever seen, like, at one time, like, yeah. you ever. Like, it's a, really? it's a lot. Yeah, it's, like, two ounces is... I forget a what a what a bag weighs back when, when I was doing it back years ago. You'd get half a bag and a whole bag, and all. <laughs> yeah, oh, I yeah. forget what it weighed. The dime bag. The dime bag. Yeah, the only, the, only <laughs> the most I know about anything about marijuana is everything I saw in a Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't snort Ajax. That's right <laughs> in a van with, <laughs> or uh, you know the the weed that's part Labrador. Um, <laughs> Yeah, two that's... ounces would have a street value of almost around four hundred to five hundred dollars, and you're allowed to have that. You're on allowed. Your person. You're allowed to have that on your person, which is if I, if I would hand you two ounces right now, it'd be two big bags. You'd be the, like, "What do I do with it? It's stinking the out." Four or five hundred dollars today was probably what twenty bucks, fifty bucks back then. Yeah, back in my yeah. day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you used to. I probably shouldn't talk about it. You used to buy a joint for fifty cents. <laughs> you know, now it's like four dollars, five dollars. <laughs> And you don't know what you're smoking anymore. That's right, what yeah. I don't like about it. So with that, with that bill, that was just strictly marijuana, right? I believe so. So what about like uh, like mushrooms? I mean, is that still technically illegal? I mean, that's, are... that's be still illegal. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I think to get states right now that it's legal, and it's like Colorado, uh, maybe Utah. I'm not sure about Yeah, because I always see like on, on social media stuff where like, you know, there's these places that are saying you can get, you know, psychedelics, but, you know, I... You can go on Etsy right now and buy spores of psilocybin. Really? In, in a little uh, 
petri dish and you just you can if you if you were wanting to grow your own magic mushrooms you would just order off that seed and just plant it all right so oh, the ten string, ten string tavern <laughs> gardening show is coming up soon the uh who was it was try, they were the highest trying to change that now now that it's it's legal but they're trying to make it to where it's illegal again oh, i'm trying to push I, it i really yeah. don't understand because billy blaze or whatever his name was from ov djs he went out with a bunch of people and that's how they they actually kept it because they were going to put it down oh yeah and they all went out there complaining and, to like the state yeah court, okay well, and that's what i said i don't i don't understand <clears throat> it i mean i've been around a lot of people that enjoy marijuana and it's i just don't understand what what is the stigma with it and the other thing is too like i mean as as a vet and with my health history uh, tomorrow i could get a marijuana card i could get a medical marijuana card See, no order. questions asked however if i do that I can't ever buy another gun. Right, I can't. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta. Can't conceal. Why? I mean, it's but nuts. the thing is, is like through like all my health history and everything that I just went through, I could have a shit ton of pain pills and opioids and all that. I can get prescribed that. That's fine. I had still could. I walked in. I mean, I shoot this year. I bought three so guns what alone. Is now that it's legal, do you still get the card? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, but it's still it's still you still can't have, you can't have any firearms, which blows my mind because I've never ever ever. If you go out and you already had the medical card, now that it's legal, do you still have to have the medical card? I want. I think it's two I different think, things. Yeah, it's like it one is. is a medical marijuana, and the other is like a re- recreational marijuana. I would. I, I would. I don't, I don't. I don't know the law. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I would assume like medical card. Maybe your doctor can prescribe you a certain amount where. Yeah. You can get that for free, covered by your insurance, yeah. where the other way around. That, that's what I always want. As soon as I seen all this, I was like, so why do you go get a medical card to get it? Now that it's legal, how yeah. does it work? Yeah. And, the, and the thing was, is like where I was getting my treatment in West Virginia, they were like, hey, you know, you would probably really benefit from getting a card. We can't prescribe it for you. Yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> if we get something from another doctor in Ohio saying, hey, yeah, we'll fill out, yeah. this is what you had, and but... You know, it's that kind of like jump loophole. But so, like I said, I've never, ever, ever, ever seen anybody who was really high get violent. So yeah. I have no idea how that ties with the gun or anything else. Oh, if anybody yeah. knows that, please let me know. Yeah, we have it a, just makes we have a fully stocked bar full of liquor, and most of the time I have a Glock 19 underneath this bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so how does that work with like you have a bong and you get pulled over? Is that illegal still? I would assume. I would assume. I don't know if it would be under like a contraband law or if. Because like I said, I don't know more about these laws, but I don't know if that would be more like an open container type thing. That's or, what I was yeah, thinking. That's, that's, that's yeah. a weird one. Yeah, because that's that's a, a interesting question because you know all these like like groovy glass and all these like head shops popping up. If you get caught with that in a state that has recreational, is that contraband or it? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, because you're gonna have the marijuana in your car. You can't do anything with it if you don't have something to do. You know, yeah. Papers or rubber. Right, yeah. Or Listen, I'm so ignorant. I still don't even know how a bong works. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> thousands of them. I don't know. And I've seen people using them. I just can't wrap my head. I'm like, how does that work? Believe us yeah, or not, I, I was in a store yesterday and I saw this Christmas tree bong. <laughs> I was standing there looking at it going like, 
What in the world are they going to come up with next? <laughs> I, like I said, I just, I can't wrap my, I'm like, I don't know what's the water for. And I know that water after a while stinks if it gets spilled. You don't drink the bong water. <laughs> no, I never drink the bong water. No, it's, that's, you know, it's. I can remember back when I was younger, this guy, because I won't mention names, because walking in with a school bus, a little toy school bus, puts it up to his mouth. I'm looking over at him going, what in the world are you doing? He said, I had to make a bong. Yeah. <laughs> Made it out of a school bus. I, I know people that literally have not worked their entire life. Oh, I can't find a job. You made a bong out of a Coke can and an apple. An apple. You you can figure shit out. Like you yeah. you you can get a job. It's but we won't mention names. So Doug and I used to work with a guy that had to have a certain amount of <laughs> cannabis in his system before he played at a certain time. It had to be like ten minutes before like uh four count. And if like if we were, he, he'd just disappear. Yeah, he would disappear. Like we would be like, all right, well, what's what are we gonna do for rehearsal? You know, you tur- you turn around, turn back, and he's gone. Like in the bush <laughs> somewhere. But but like if we were set up ready to play somewhere, and it was like we got delayed ten minutes, he flip out. Oh, I gotta go back to the bushes again. <laughs> just again already. Yeah, like I said, to each your own. I've never, like I said, I've I've been around it a lot, and I've never yeah, seen anybody get by. Everybody's. It's just. I don't know. I've been around it. I don't even have to smoke it, and I'm sitting here with a buzz. <laughs> well, listen, what's funny is uh, one of my good friends who uh, runs the 411 Foundation, uh, my wife and I and Tim and Kyle, we all went out there because they were doing the 50-50 at the Blue Jackets game. Mm-hmm. So if you go up and you get volunteers and you get the 50-50, they get a, uh, a part of the proceeds go back to their, their nonprofit. And it was the Grateful Dead night. And I was right at the main entrance. I probably had a contact buzz as soon as, as soon as the doors opened. It was like, boom, it just it just hit you. That was me at the Pink Floyd concert. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> I didn't have to smoke anything. Just walk in. That's it. Since it uh, since the uh, law passed, there's been a lot of like advertisements on Facebook now of people doing like mail in like um, yeah. gummies, mail in stuff. Yeah, a lot of their. I remember Nick Lachey. Is it Nick Lachey? Yeah. At one point, he, like, this was maybe like five, ten years ago, as they were talking about Ohio getting into metal, getting, I mean, or medical before, you know, recreation was even a thing. Nick Lachey was like, had all this property ready to start a farm. Like it, Nick Lachey from like 98 Degrees? Nick Lachey, yeah. Uh, married to Jessica, is it Jessica yeah. Simpson? Yeah. Um, yeah. He had, he's from Ohio, and okay. he had the, the most property just ready to go reserved for the marijuana industry as soon as Ohio would change its laws. Yeah. I don't know if he got through with that or, but that he, at one time he was ready to go. So he brought some shirts from, uh, old Jamboree. Jamboree and my old DJ stuff. And DJ beef as I saw that logo. We have the, uh, fire <laughs> from back when I used to haul water at Jamboree in the Hills, 2007. I have a shirt that you got me, the Water and Grounds crew, from when I played in 14. So you started year one. Well, I, no, I started, when I started, was clear back in, like, I got it here somewhere. Because <laughs> I, I would never remember. Right. Two years before they went to the new, new okay. stage. Okay, okay. Uh, was when I, I worked with Bill Graham, and I was at a show, and I come to the old site. Bill comes out and gets me out of the van, because I was out there sleeping. Bill said, can you work? And I'm like, doing what? said, come in, we need monitor guy. And I'm like, all right. 
<laughs> Next thing I know, Tom Beck came in and said, I need your social security number, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to be working. I'm like, really? And I walked out on that stage and I looked at all those people going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 My heart was like, you know, I'm going to stop. You know? And this was the smaller yeah, version of okay. Jambo too. And I, I was, just, I stood there for the longest time going, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Then the old, the new site, I remember walking out on stage with Tom Beck one day and everybody in the front knew me and they started chanting, beef, beef, beef. <laughs> and Tom Beck looks at me and he says, who the hell is beef? <laughs> I said, me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know all those people? I said, crazy, I probably know everybody in here. Yeah. I said, I've been doing this for so long. Man. <laughs> now, before you came to that stage and saw that, um, what kind of shows were you working before that? I was mostly DJing. Mostly, okay. Mostly and DJing. mostly country acts with Bill Graham. Okay. I usually did the monitors for him all the time. Or the lights. He would couldn't find a light guy. Hey, Doug. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I really didn't want to do lights. But, <laughs> you know, it's a job. And Bill took care of me. Since I was probably 17, 18 years old, I've known Bill Graham. Shout out Bill Graham with BG Audio. He uh, He's took care of me for years and years and years. He's still... He's still right there in my driveway. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so if I need a sound guy, him or Tim or, you know, Justin Malarkey and Justin West and all them guys, I know all of them. So I remember pulling up to your house in the morning before we had a gig, maybe like in Columbus or something, and like one of Bill's guys, like Tank, would just be sitting there. on your outside <laughs> table drinking coffee. You weren't even home yet. <laughs> I'd say, what's up, Tank? <laughs> just waiting yeah. on everybody. Um, You know who I was? Uh, lucky to meet was uh, Bill's son, Michael. Mike. He's, he's a hell of a sound yeah. guy, too. Yeah, he went on the road with me with the Brighton Boys for a while. Oh, Michael did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about two years he went on the college tours with us. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, he. Um, I met him when we did, probably would have been the Oktoberfest at Ogilvy, and then randomly he was uh, doing sound for weddings at the farm when I was working, yeah. and then uh, Sally would come in the kitchen or wherever I was. He's like, somebody here named Razor? Somebody's asking for Razor, and he knows he he's back here. Who's Razor? I'm like, I, I know him. I went to Bill, and I said, can you send Mike with me? Is yeah. For what? And I said, I need a sound guy, because I got too many other things to do. I got to take care of the bus. I got to get to the place and find out where we're playing, get everything set up. I said, I don't have time to do the sound. Yeah. He said, well, what can you pay? And I told him. He's like, all right. Yeah, Mike wants to do it. So, I mean, we went... Florida, Texas, throughout to Colorado. That was a Colorado trip. We went out there on the day to, (laughs) what is it, for marijuana? 420. 420, 420, yeah. yeah. We went out there on 420. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just imagine. (laughs) I don't have to go on about it. Did did you take the bus out to Colorado? Oh, I couldn't imagine. I took my my truck and a trailer. I was going to say. We nope. picked two of the Brighton boys up at the airport, and as soon as I picked them up, we were straight at one of the shops. Oh yeah! I mean, they come out of there with you name it. <laughs> nice. But that was a that was an interesting about four years with the Brighton boys. I had a really good time. I never thought I'd get to do what I did with them. Mm-hmm. I thought I would have with Matt, but it never never went that far. I mean, yeah, we stayed in like three or four states, but with the Brighton boys, I was all over. Yeah. I mean, we went everywhere. My only downfall with them was is we'd drive clear to Florida, then have to drive back to Pittsburgh in two days to get another show. Oh, yeah. man. And I kept complaining. I'm like, you need to tell your tour manager, we need to pay you on the way down, or we need to play on the way back. Right. 
Yeah. It doesn't ever work that way, but just add one show for gas yeah. in your because it was like five hundred, six hundred dollars to fill that thing up. Yep. Wasn't bad on the highway because like when the bus had the air ride, you were kind of just using like just inertia, just keep going. But we went out to Cameron Cameron one time and you could see the fuel gauges sink. As as we were driving, you could just see it just slowly go to empty. It was it was, uh, was that place we went down in West Virginia, it was like I kept driving and driving. I'm like, where in the world are we going? Definitely All of a sudden, Cameron we were boom. <laughs> We opened up for, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, uh, clear down back of woods of West Virginia. Was it uh, American Idol winner, voice winner? We did open remember. up for Craig Wayne Boyd a couple times. That might have been, it might have been him. Craig Wayne Boyd. Tim, or Matt can tell you, I couldn't. I mean, we kept driving and driving. So, <laughs> so it was and more. Uh, one lane roads. It was more gallons <laughs> per mile instead of miles per gallon. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what cow path are we taking next? <laughs> and all of a sudden, here we are in this town. With, I mean, they had a pretty good side stage. And I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe that. Today's sponsor of the podcast is Sage and Soul Decor Rental. Sage and Soul Decor Rental is a decoration rental business located in the Ohio Valley that helps you add flash and flair to your event, whether it being a wedding, graduation, bridal shower, baby shower, you name it. They have wall decor to table decor, accents, centerpieces, marquee signs, and they've also been building their own arches in different styles. To view their items and collections, check them out on Facebook, Sage and Soul Decor Rental. You can even schedule a visit to check out the items in person. And as a special to listeners of this podcast and first-time customers, mention this podcast at checkout and take 10% off of your first event with Sage and Soul Decor Rental. Again, that's Sage and Soul Decor Rental. Check them out. Um, you know what story I was thinking about today I wanted to bring up? Remember when we went down to Kentucky and we almost about fought the whole state board? So, so um, All right. You, I want to hear this one. So if <laughs> Like and follow for part two. Let's go. Yeah, so if you... If you're like a country music singer and you want to get like a tour going and, and if you want to follow the path of like, say, Luke Bryan, Florida, Georgia Line, all those like in that era, the pop country guys, what you would do is you would try to get into what they call a state fair board. And we went down. The first one we went to was Ohio. It was in Columbus at the convention center. And what they do is you have a lineup, say like five bands, and you're in the Columbus convention center and there's... I have a picture of it all edited in because it was a it was a really cool uh, stage. But um, there would be like fifty to a hundred. I can't remember how many tables, but each table was a county in Ohio that ran oh, okay. the yeah, fair yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would go up, you'd play your set, and then we the convention center provided us with a hotel room. So after we were get done playing, we go up to the hotel room, and then if you were you say if you were from whatever county, Belmont County, Jefferson, you would go to our hotel room afterwards. And then we would negotiate us coming to your state fair. Okay. Your, your uh, county fair. County sorry. fair. Yeah. And um, I remember in Ohio, we had Katie. We were with Katie O from the Ohio Valley. And there was a band from Australia came. And this is when we were sponsored by Fireball. So, like, they sponsored our whole hotel room filled with, like, free cinnamon whiskey. And nice. It, it, was, it was a blast. But so, like, the amount of, like... Uh, money that went into the production of like the Ohio state fair board was probably like thousands and thousands. You could, we get, did the same thing in Kentucky, a hundred bucks maybe went into this event <laughs> and like, in, you, know, you know, Ohio provided us with like a hotel room 
we were sitting against the wall, like toward the back of like the ballroom in like Kentucky. And I remember we didn't take the bus down. We took my van, your van. My and van, I think yeah. it, may, it may be, uh, the other guys took a sprinter behind us, but I remember, you know, we got there before anybody else. I remember the sound cooler going, whoever got this food catering van needs to get the hell out of the driveway. Like you're talking about the van with all the radio stations and all the band stickers on the back. He's like, yeah, who is it? Like it's us. We're the first band. And, uh, to make a long story short, just Kentucky was not friendly to us. And Doug had this real nice, it was like, it looked like a Mike Elvis would sing out of. It, it was a sure Mike. It was oh, very yeah, yeah. expensive, but it looked like an antique Like classic. that old 50 kind yeah, of. And yeah, and Matt liked to sing out yeah, of it. Elvis Presley Mike. Yeah. yeah, and I remember their sound engineer halfway couldn't have more problems with this thing. It was, it was wireless. <laughs> so uh, it was like halfway through the show. He goes up, grabs the mic, goes, get this like $30 piece of crap out of here, just tosses it. <laughs> and Doug's whole face just oh, turned beet red and just... Oh man, that happened to us up in uh, Washington, PA too. Oh, <laughs> I left. The, oh, that guy pissed me off. Said, "Get your twenty dollar microphone off my stage." I said, "Then give it back to me." He handed it back to me. I went out and got in the bus, and away I went. Yeah, left Matt standing there. I was just like, "I ain't no, <laughs> and, I don't do that." And you went up to the in Kentucky. You went up to the bar that was in the ballroom afterwards, after the whole fight, and you're like, "Give me a Bacardi and like Coke or whatever." And he said, "Sorry, we can't do liquor anymore tonight or something." I remember our uh, our booking agent at the time like slams a hundred down the bar. He goes, "Didn't you hear this man?" Like just screaming, <laughs> we were just screaming all night. We didn't have a hotel room to go back to. Just a long drive home from Kentucky. Man, I don't think we got any counties out of it. We were like, "Never again in this state." So thinking back to all the years of Jamboree in the Hills, from a stage and production standpoint, who was your favorite act? Hmm. <laughs> I can tell you my worst. Who was it? Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner was your worst? You didn't like it? Wouldn't now, they were the... Now, what, which Leonard Skinner are you talking about? They were good. Are don't you talking about like pre or post no, plane real, crash? real Leonard Skinner. Okay, okay. I saw them. They were good. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying 13. they were bad musicians. They were great. Mm-hmm. But their before show and after show, no. Worst people I've ever seen. Really? really? Just in, like entitled yeah. or? Well, they cleared out the stage for one. He wasn't allowed anywhere around the stage, backstage or anywhere. That's always had to annoying. Leave. Blackouts, blackout yeah. stage. You had to leave. Then, like me, I had to work. I didn't have a choice. They made me leave. And I'm just like, why? I, I have to do my job back here. Go, get. And it wasn't the band. It was their manager. Right, so, you know, right, right. It wasn't right. really, I'm not like putting them down, but it was like unreal. But my favorite would be probably Neil McCoy. Neil McCoy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of all the people that came there, a whole bunch of great ones, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I got to meet Toby Keith. That was crazy. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. down to the after show that they had last last year of it. Okay, yeah. He come down to the after yeah. show. <clears throat> walk on stage he was drunk he couldn't put his foot up on the monitor <laughs> i was just standing back because i was on stage and that was his tour bus that i owned and jd had told him that i had his tour bus but he gets out of the car and they had so many sheriffs standing around the stage that i went to go down the steps and they stopped me i said you ain't going nowhere stay right there i said toby keys at the door of my bus he wants to get in it i don't care you're not leaving and I'm yelling, Toby, and he just walked around the stage and come up on the stage. <laughs> I didn't get to meet him, but, yeah, I had his tour bus. 
Yeah, mm. there was a bunch of TKs on the ceiling. Yeah. When we oh, no kidding. took yeah. the benches out to clean underneath, get popcorn and all that yeah. crap. And it said Toby Keith's left tour bus seat, Toby Keith's right tour bus seat. And he told the guy that he looked in the bus and he saw that emblem that was on the floor. Yeah. And he said, that was mm. my, my, my bus. That's my wife's initials. Yeah. That's what they were. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he knew he knew it was his bus. Listen, I wish I wish I had, you know, growing up as much as I love music and I love playing, and I've never done anything that resembles you know a tour like that. And I just wish, I wish I had those tour bus stories because you hear them and you're like, I get so jealous. I'm like, man, <laughs> I the most I got is like we go. T- like, you know, military, we went TDY places and did crazy shit, which I'm sure it's probably the same difference, but still you just like, as a musician, like I, I've always wanted to do that tour bus stories. And yeah. you know, if when you, if you follow my Facebook, I just put it on there from the Brighton boys. Mm-hmm. We were out in Indiana somewhere. I don't know exactly where we stopped at a rest area and we were leaving. They were doing construction. Well, there was a, like a drop off off the pavement like that. Well, our bus driver at the time wasn't me was driving around that turn and the back wheels fell off. Well, this bus went over like this. Oh, shit. And I went flying across the bus like a football player going like, <laughs> like this. There was a guy sitting there named Dave Ugar. He was sitting there and I, he could do, he saw me coming. He was going. It was just in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> I landed like, I caught the, the window and was like hugging around him so I didn't land on him. Yeah. If I would have, I'd probably have killed him. Yeah. I mean, I was flying across that bus. <laughs> But they tell that story on there about how it happened. <laughs> we lost the front clip off the bus. <laughs> I mean, I've never been so scared in my life. Was any time that bus has ever really, besides being stuck, yeah, was ever really in any kind of trouble. Yeah. The, uh, lucky with that. the passenger seat on that was awesome because it was also an air ride seat. Mm-hmm. And the windshield was so big, you didn't have like a dashboard or anything. You just sat there and you just saw. Just took it in. You just saw the highway in front of you. It was it was it was nuts. Oh, yeah, and man. I was lucky I never slammed on the brakes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. had your seatbelt on, you're yeah. going out the front windshield. Yeah, because the steps were the spiral steps were right there. There wasn't a floor to land on. Oh, man, and yeah, then, and it was a drop, probably what three four feet. Yeah, it would be like three a.m. four a.m. We would be on our way home it would be doug driving me in the passenger seat and it would be power man 5000 and pantera just non-stop after a country as you, as you was gonna say as you're on a country music after a tour. country show to keep us up we would just be blasting yeah. the rest of the guys are in the back listening to the country yeah oh uh, no i mean i'm a country fan but i'm not that big of a country fan. right i'd rather hear nickelback three doors down yeah. Well, it's funny is on on Spotify. Like if you listen, you Spotify at the end of the year, it tells you yeah, like what end, you did. Yeah, yeah. And it said that I listened to I forget. It was like, and I didn't even know it was. It was like I listened to like ninety three different genres of music. I'm like, is there ninety like? Because <laughs> I must have hit every single possible one. Yeah, so everything from classical to like death metal. But it just, yeah, it's funny. But yeah, I think my. Spotify end of year playlist number one was the excavator song from from, from Layla listening to it. There's you, a you, you got a personalized message from Blippy. There's a there's a, um, a Blippy Christmas album that she's. Oh, I know we found now. it. That's a, that's what we when we when we had her at the house here that we were playing that entire album, and that girl danced from the first song all the way through. 
and even had, you know, Mimi up and even had Pop up dancing to Blippy Christmas. Yeah. We went through the lights the day before last, and toward the end, they have a tree that's blue and orange lit up. She's like, a blue and orange Blippy tree, just <laughs> like screaming, just made her. Oh, yeah. That, that's, uh, it was, uh, yeah, she's great, man. She's, this is going to be a, this is going to be an absolutely fun Christmas with her. I, yeah. She's going to really be into it. Well, she could, she can't, can't tell you anything about Christmas last year, but Easter last year, she knows every detail. So there was a moment, like, a little, little, almost a year ago, where like she got conscious, like her memory That's started it. like forming and stuff. You asked me earlier what time I started at Jamboree and Hills. It was nineteen eighty-seven. Can you look up? Can page. you look up the lineup? Yeah, absolutely. Come on, I don't know if it, that was the year of the mud pit. That was uh, the year 80, 88, 89. 89. 89 was the year of the mud pit, and seventy-seven was when they started, right? Because yeah. I was at the old site for two years, and then it moved over to the new one in 89, 90 in there somewhere. Did you see there's a big GoFundMe right now for Jamboree, yeah. the radio? I I don't... What year was it? 1987? Well, I started in 1987. That had been at the old site. Let's see if it's... Yeah, I saw they were taking donations, but yeah. it, I just think, like, but how long can that last you? My only problem with that is, is there's really no DJs in there anymore. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Okay, it's so on... 1987 lineup for Jamboree in the Hills. Yeah, here, uh, put on my prescription. Prescription. <laughs> Hold on, let me. I gotta look back underneath my bifocals. <laughs> There's a fill light pointed right at me. All right, so here's the thing. It was uh, Jamboree in the Hills, Jamboree in the Hills Country Fest, 1987, and it was two days. Yeah. So Saturday, July 18th, 1987, the uh, the acts were Jerry Lee Lewis and Merle Haggard. And then, um, let's see if it's, it says, oh, it says add. So, add. so that's all they're, they're listening. And then on the 19th was Dwight Yoakam and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Okay. Isn't there a site that brings up all the old flyer things? Mm, I don't know. All let's the people that was on it. Let's see. I can't remember. I remember seeing it one day. It's got all the. I can't like, believe Jerry Lewis played a, uh Jambo. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of the older acts at the old site. Yeah. Oh, we got well. There's okay. We I there's videos here. There's Tanya Tucker. There's Neil McCoy. Uh, that's set list. What was the site that you brought me to? Was it Jamboree in the Mountains? There was another Jamboree. I think it was in Ohio. You took me to the old site. All the one out by Indiana. Was it? Was that it? Yeah, it's. Uh, is it Jamboree in the Mountain? Country Jambo, or not Country Jambo, Country country something. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we it. go. Um, oops. Brian, Brian went there last year. Oh, this is great. Okay. 1987. Charlie Pride, Dwight Yoakam, Earl Thomas Conley, Janie Fricky. Jerry Lee Lewis, Louise Mandrell, Marie Osmond. Marie Osmond. Who is Maeve Nutter? Maeve Nutter. He's the guy that sang the country music song. The oh, really? Song yeah, the original, yeah. Maeve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Merle Haggard, Mickey Gilly, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, T. Graham Brown, Tanya Tucker, and Tom T. Hall. Man, those are some throwback names. Yeah. I was on, a, <laughs> I was on another radio station when we was talking to Maeve Nutter. 
My Lord. He wrote the country, the song, Jamboree and Hills. Yeah. It, uh, what's the creek down below Moundsville? He walked out on a rock in the sure. middle of the creek, stood there in the pouring down rain and wrote the song. <laughs> <laughs> they asked him to, I can't remember the whole story. He could tell it way better than I can. But he uh, was asked to do it. So he went out there. I can't think of the name of that creek. Wish Tim was here. He would tell me. I'm not sure. Oh man, that, but you know that, that's just that's the thing. I mean, if if you're a songwriter, there's just that that's a special gene in you that you like. Yeah. You said you you find an inspiration. You the same way like songwriters, poets, everything else. I'm I'm out there going. I'm standing on a creek and it's raining. I'm like, I'm wet. Mate Nutter's before me, but then uh, what's his name from Brown Studentville wrote the new one. Oh. Want to make fun of our tour bus? <laughs> put his pickup truck on because Nat was taking a tour bus to Jamboree in the Hills, so he put his pickup truck on line saying, "Talking about Zelic, yeah, yeah, he's Putting actually, he's actually oh. from Mount Pleasant area, Mount Pleasant. Okay. Dillonville area, yeah, yeah." And, and Joe Zelic wrote the new, the new <laughs> Jamboree in the Hills. He basically changed the lyrics to one of his other songs. Yeah, Dwight Yoakam. We were uh, we started watching. Um, Goliath on Amazon and the mm-hmm. first season Dwight Yoakam's in it. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's Dwight Yoakam. And, and Amy was like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's him. She goes, there's no way he looks terrible. It was uh, a <laughs> Tim McGraw was in Yellowstone for a while. Wasn't he in the was one, it? the first spinoff 1883. Okay. Yeah. So who was at uh, 89, 89. I was looking at 86, 86 had a crazy line of Reba was in 86. George yeah. Jones, 86 Lee Greenwood. Yeah. Mel Tillis, Lee Greenwood, George Jones, man, that's just crazy. Like these, just amazing pioneers in country music were literally right down the road. Because if I remember right, it was '89 when they started the four day. Yeah, go up to '89. Okay, um, if I remember right, it might have still been a two day. It looks it right like it might area. it might have been '90 they started the four day because look wow. at the the length of the lineup. '89. Um, yeah, like I said, 89 was, or 88 looks a little bit longer. But anyway, 89. Oh, said Stevie Wonder for a second. Steve Ware. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, Stevie Wonder's like, where the hell am I playing? Nobody knows. <laughs> the smells he would pick up on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his, his piano was never in tune. No. Never. He, like, uh, he's like, nobody's singing, isn't she, she lovely? Like, where in the hell am I at? <laughs> All right, 1989, the Bellamy Brothers, Charlie Daniels Band, George Jones, Katie Lang, Kathy Mateo, Louise Mandrell. Man, the Mandrell sisters were in it, right? Yeah. Um, Mel McDaniel, Mel Tillis again, Michael Martin Murphy, Patty Loveless, Restless Heart, Tom T. Hall, Willie Nelson. little funny story about Willie Nelson. Uh, and I was taught this when I worked at Star Lake, uh, the amphitheater. Um, they built Star Lake, and they had everybody come in, and they wanted Willie Nelson to be the first act ever at Star Lake. Uh-huh. And we've all been to Star Lake, and most of our viewers have been there. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful amphitheater. And Willie Nelson supposedly said, I will never, ever ever played that shithole really so right behind the actual amphitheater backstage behind that 
is just this mucky, just shitty, marshy, just uh-huh. smelly pond. Which aptly, after he said that, they have now that's now known as Willie Nelson Pond. Oh, really? Yeah, that the one they hit the golf balls into, or something. Yeah, yeah. And then um, <laughs> they ended up. Willie Nelson said no, so the first opening act at Starlake, Billy Joel. Really? Yeah. So it and you've seen the acts that come through, and like right. I said, I've seen the Eagles both nights that they did Hell Freezes over there, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to play that shithole." 1989, you were playing Jamboree in the Hills. Yeah, that, <laughs> it wasn't a shithole, but it, it was a mud hole. I'm just saying. It, 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 yeah, that would have been before they figured out the whole irrigation system, so you, yeah. it's definitely a mud yeah, hole. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I I want to say that probably Starlight opened maybe around that time because I know that I worked there when I come home from college, so that was after 91. So it yeah. was, yeah, but anyway, I digress. But well, what was the first name of that? Is it Starlake? Is that the very yeah? It was first Starlake, name? yeah. Very first name. And then I, I don't know what it. I don't even know what I think it's, it's back the, Starlake. It's yeah, the it's pavilion the at Starlake, but it's been Key yeah. Bank. It's been I don't know what it's yeah. been, but it's been it, a bunch of things. That's the same way you could change Jamboree and Hills, and I, no matter what Ticketmaster would call it, everybody's going to call it Jambo. Yeah. It's just what it is. But. So I wish they'd have kept Three River Stadium. Yeah, I mean that was more of a, you know, you went got to go see everything at Three River Stadium. Yeah. Now you got to go to either. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not Heinz Field anymore. It's AccuSure, AccuSure, but like I said, we I've seen I saw um, Ed Sheeran there uh, over the summer. We were now we were on the 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 floor the field of the arena, but I like I had. But the thing is, is he also had a circular stage. It's not like most of the times where they just put it yeah. at the end and you're there. But he had a circular stage. I mean, it was a fantastic show. But that'd be a nice gig to run sound for in an arena, and all you have to worry about is a singer, his guitar, and a loop pedal. <laughs> so that, first, that that's it. it. Yeah, the first circular stage I ever seen was Def Leppard at Wheeling. Yeah, Did you see that? Really? I was there for that one. Yep, up in the middle of it. Yep, that's back when he. I think he just lost his arm. It was like one of the not long tours. after yeah it was yeah. uh what photograph tour maybe it was i don't know but yeah i was uh, yeah i went to that one and it was uh yeah because the drum set actually raised up and turned as it was going up yeah I, I when i went to vegas we stayed in the hard rock hotel and the theme of that hotel that one is a lot of drums and when you walk in th- that one of his drum sets were there and you saw the left foot pedals oh Jesus. and you would think like this just this world touring band it would be like pretty like i like have a lot of bells and whistles on it it was just Pedals. little, little stomp buttons that was it <laughs> that was like, it yeah like nothing labeled and there was probably like what 20 some of them yeah like 20 of them yeah there was a whole bunch of them I know. yeah yeah like i said being a drummer like i said i've, I've seen those was, pictures but it's just it was some metal band opened up for them because they had those like chains on their drum set at the time it opened up for dev lever i can't think of who, who was. was that oh man I can I remember the band. <laughs> Just can't remember the name. They had this. Like, Let's see if we can pull up. <laughs> they had this like crazy drum set. You'll have to search it by Civic Center. That's it. I don't even know what year that would have been. Probably uh, two thousand somewhere in there. I I think it was before then. I want to say it was eighty, but we'll have to get uh, Kelly in. And Griller be like, here, just just give us one little teaser for just this <laughs> podcast. Only who you who you bringing in? Who can we get the scoop on? You need to get Kelly and Justin. Yeah, Malarkey. I, I actually uh, reached out to Malarkey because I was like, "You're everywhere. You're you know you're behind the scenes everywhere." Well, he's probably got some stories you could tell about the stage. Mm-hmm. Get the two Justins in here. Now, what's West up to now? He's working for 
Uh, actually, he was working for a furnace company. Now I think he's doing that that golf thing, the virtual golf. Okay. I think he's setting that up too. Okay. Um, lumberjacks. Up. And he goes to Florida all the time and does some band down there. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't get to talk to him very much anymore. Yeah, you used to always run into him. Well, I mean, when he works at the houses, there just about every day. Mm -hmm. Both the Justins are workers. Justin West is more the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying it. he's more the boss. This is uh, like con concertarchives.com. It's showing um, 1997 was Kiss. I was there for that one. Uh, 1988 Queens Reich. I was there for that. that 83 was Sticks. Does Queens Reich open up for Def Leppard? I don't. I would imagine that Def Leppard would be the the closer. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was a it was a heavier metal band. You know how you know how much these two right here really sucked that I wasn't old enough. ACDC and Rush. Rush played in Wheeling. Rush. ACDC. I see him. It's after music all. Oh, man. About a month or so later, it was Ted Nugent. It's funny when you look at this. It's like Gordon Lightfoot, Rush, Rush, ACDC, REO Speedwagon, Sticks, John Denver, John Denver, Queensryche. I was in seventh grade, and my shop teacher, which is my cousin, God rest his soul, he just passed away. Daryl Nash come to me and he said, can you go to a concert? And I was like, I don't know if my mom and dad let me or not. <laughs> he said, uh, Rush is playing over at the Capitol Music Hall. I said, well, you have to ask my mom and dad. You know, I was in seventh grade. Mom was kind of reluctant, like say no, but she's, yeah, go ahead. So we went in this van. <laughs> <laughs> this van down by the river. <laughs> we had a good time, though. Just then I got to go see Ted Nugent after that. And the thing is, is I mean, 1979 to see Rush in Wheeling probably cost you like three dollars. Yeah, ten bucks tops. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it. the uh, one of the Ario shows that you brought up. Koo told me a story that back in that day, no, normally you have like a, the stagehands union where like Robert Robert from the Capitol can just choose from that list, but. Q told me, like, back in the day, the Civic Center, they used to just pick people off the streets and be like, hey, do you want to be a stagehand? Yeah. And he said at the REO show, they had, uh, it looked like tubes that you would stick ball rockets on or whatever. And his job they had, it was there was like 10 across the front of the stage for REO. And his job was to put um, blasting powder in these things. And he was supposed to put in, it was like maybe a quarter of a cup. He told me he put in like a cup and a half. And he said, he said when these things went off, the lead singer shot back a foot. He said like all the front row shot back. And he said, and he said, in my mind, he said, there's no paperwork on me. And just left. Just left. He's like, I don't need a paycheck. I just need to just get out of here. Kind of open the door and back out. And like you see Homer Simpson's just kind of sleek into yeah. the bushes. Upcoming concerts we got. We got tonight at the 50 Years of Hip Hop down yep. the waterfront. We're going to ready to uh, wrap that up. We're going to go the check MVP it out. The DJ thing's supposed to be doing some things. I don't know when. I think uh, Valentine's Day, we're going to be at the hall again, rattling all the windows and doors. And... <laughs> we'll just call <laughs> Louie. He'll tell us everything. I looked over at Tim. I said, how sound is this building? He went, what? I said, how sound is this building? 
I'm looking over there. The cement was coming off the brick. And I'm like, you sure this building's sound? He said, that's not a wall. He said, all the steel's holding it. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> I leaned back against the door, and I was like, well, if this place comes down, I'm shooting. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we left that We left that night, and like I said, they, they had to oh, raise the garage door because it's all glass. They had to raise it because it was literally vibrating the glass. It yeah. was definitely a good night. Yeah, you don't think of that blast of wind that those, those well, the, subs will have. Up on the third floor, they were knocking the glasses off the shelves and stuff. On really? The on the third floor? But luckily, they all, like, the Nightgins guys were there the first night. Yeah. When we were setting up and everything fell in the trash can. That's where everything fell. Oh, Upstairs man. Upstairs in the trash really? can. <laughs> it was funny because I walked, as we're as they're doing that, I mean, that thing is just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. I walked up to Tim, and as loud as I could yell, I'm like, you still don't have anything on my 1988 Mercury Lynx. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just flipped me the you know the one finger salute. But yeah, yeah, we had just... 10 18s, well, 10, six, 6 18s, two 15s, and yeah, two 10s. But they were all thumping. Yeah, if anybody went there with a heart condition, <laughs> you Jesus, somebody could have been in cardiac arrest. You just slipped them in the waterfront. Yeah, yeah, put them right back point. to rhythm. <laughs> After we got done with uh spot that last one the floor started bumping we're like i don't think we're gonna get any more interviews in yeah, <laughs> this no. thing tonight. You know, that was anything. a very interesting night it was very fun too yeah you stayed the whole time then yeah. yeah i texted yeah. doug the next morning or after i'm like you have to understand i'm i'm an irish goodbye guy right now <laughs> that's it. With yeah, the, it's just, it's... <laughs> the irish goodbye that that's perfect yeah we were uh, it was funny is as we were we were leaving like we were literally sneaking out the back steps mm-hmm. and we we ran into the owner, and he yeah, kind of looked at us like, who are you, and why are you in my <laughs> he backstage? Gave, he gave me a look like, I am the owner. What are you doing here? Yeah. Like, he must be Once there. we introduced he was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. Great guy, but it was, I was just. I was sitting there, and he came walking in. He had smile from ear to ear. Really? Yeah. And he looked at Tim, and he was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, he literally walked in the door, and we're sneaking out the back. Like, we're coming down the steps, and he was like, okay, what is going on? And Because yeah. we had all the camera equipment. Yeah, we we're carrying, like, like we're like we're sneaking out, like, we just robbed his office. Guys, they're all, you know, they never had that many. Yeah. But they're all used to that. Yeah. But Tim and Dan was kind of like, wow, I've never seen this before, you know, in a small place like that. Right, as the foundation you know, crumbles to, around. Yeah. That's it. If you go to a concert, you're definitely going right. to see that, but. What's funny is I would have liked to see some of the clientele that was sitting on the on the other side of the bar. As soon as that started, probably were like, check, please. <laughs> I tend did a really good job that night, I, I got to admit. Oh, that place is amazing. The way that they have that, he set that thing up, it's just well, it's amazing. probably going to be rocking in there, too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. With the old, especially I, the old school hip-hop. Hip-hop, yeah, and the rap and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to go down and check it out. We're going to have fun, so. Yeah. Yeah, it starts at eight o'clock tonight, which would be yeah last week. Yeah, <laughs> watching that. If you're just watching that was a really good time. Yeah, the next podcast will tell you how it was because it was it was great. Then we'll get uh, also shout out Corey Vance. We'll get him in here soon when he's feeling better. Yeah, I hope he's feeling better. And it's, Gage uh, has got a bunch of shows, but his mom didn't give me the list, so I don't know. Check where exactly that out. GageJoseph.com. Check him out on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Schedule. Follow him on Facebook. That's he's always he always puts on a good show. Um, and I want to give a shout out to all the bands that I used to work with. Yeah. The oh, Township yeah. Road and Brighton got Boys. Cheat Cheat, yeah. Brighton Boys and Jesus. <laughs> Matt Van Fossen. I mean, Matt was, I started actually doing managing. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in my bar in Powhatan. He came walking in, him and Larry Kenny. He said, Would you like to 
start working with us. And I was like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> they said, well, you do sound, you mm-hmm. know, managing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. I was with Matt seven years, eight years, something like that. It was a long yeah. time. Yeah. Shout out to Matt. He has a, he has a show next weekend. The Void. Yeah. Be on the Void. Oh yeah. 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 29th. Yeah. yeah. It'll. Yeah. Is he doing like a live? Is it the, no, I think it's the 16th. Oh, but I mean, yeah. No, it's yeah. the 29th he's doing the... Oh, yeah, the, the, the 29th he's doing the voice audition, but he has a show the 16th oh, oh, okay. someplace close. Riverside, so. maybe? Yeah, Riverside. You're Riverside, Powhatan. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll, show up. we'll uh, shout out to him, because like I said, you... you have you is been... it a band or just... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to get in touch with him. Then yeah, we'll I am not sure. Put it on the next one. Because, I mean, I think he's in the transfer of starting a new one, I think. Not sure. Yeah. yeah, not to get a hold of him. I, I have to say something. I don't know what I'm talking right, about. I haven't got a hold of him since he moved down here. Out the <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just had a he had a big uh, yeah, life changing event. So I was he's, with Matt he's for close. seven or eight years. Then I went to the Brighton Boys. Then I was doing R13 uh, for a while. We did that big yeah. show at River City upstairs mm-hmm. where we had two stages. I uh, that's where I met Lou. They broke up shortly after that yeah, show. I think yeah. yeah, about about two months afterwards. Yeah, that's where I met Lou. And Lou was like, what kind of production are you doing? I said, two stages. One at each end of three, or three River Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one at each end of River City. And he's like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, eh, you'll see. I went to CA House and I talked to Justin West, yeah. Justin Larkin, and I was like, I need all the bells and whistles. Reran cable from the third floor down the back fire step, clear across the basement into their fuse box, straight into it. No That's kidding. How much power we used. Wow. When one band was playing, the other one was setting up. Whenever they got done, it wasn't even five minutes, the other band would start. When they were playing, this band was changing. Yeah. It was three bands on each end. Mm-hmm. Lou had that big drum riser that I made out of the the thing that they had the drums hanging out at CA House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought that off of uh, Steve. And I, he says, what the heck are you buying that for? I'm going to make a drum riser out of it. <laughs> huh? And the plexiglass is like this thick. Yeah. It takes six I remember guys it, yeah. And Lou got up on that thing, and he was just, I mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen, I'd, be like, a, I'd be like a pig and shit if I was sitting up there, yeah. And I made this big green room off the side there where you go come up the steps from downstairs. And there was a big green room there. They had food and everything. Like, like if you get off the elevator, you turn right yeah. across, and then they have those. Oh, that man. was one of the biggest productions I did. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've done a lot of them with the Brighton Boys, but it was funny. Not as, that big, as big as those productions are at River City up there, you have to take everything down those steps. Oh, they nothing, were scared to death. Nothing gonna... fits in that elevator. Oh man, they were scared to death. Where you're going to knock everything off? That's where. That's where you hire your stage hands off the street. <laughs> hey man, you want ten bucks? <laughs> come, come carry this. We were upstairs, up the steps upstairs on Friday doing a sound check. We were rattling the whole. Here comes uh, Josh running up the step. You gotta turn that shit down. <laughs> I'm like, Why? He said, "You just broke three bottles off the second floor. They fell off the wall." I said, "We're already seeing how far we go, because that, that's how you do a sound check. Right? You push it as far as you can push it, then you know where you can go to." I said, "We're not going to be that loud. Yeah, but that's where we want to see where we can go." And he was like, "Well, you just can't do that. You, no way you can do that." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, we did. That's all right. That's well. The next big production is when we do the uh, all genre high valley bands, and we're gonna same thing. We're gonna bounce back and forth, and as soon as we find a venue, 
I just yeah. wish CA House still had their production company. That was really an awesome production company. Yeah, because nice. then you had that mobile stage. Yeah. You could, when you decide on an area, you could just be like, right here. I mean, a lot of people down. disagreed. I didn't. With the competition and, of it you all. Know, and I told all the competition, I was like, hey, you know, you got to look at it as everybody get together and work together, not be enemies with everybody. Right. What you guys are trying to do. Yeah. I said, you guys can have all the arguments you want. Leave me out of it. I work with you. I work with them. I work with everybody. Right. I said, don't put me in the middle. I don't want to be there. And that's the thing. That's and again, we we've, we've said this. I don't know how many times on this podcast. That's what's phenomenal about the Ohio Valley, because you have so many people that will. They're not. They're not cutthroat. Like they yeah, want to yeah. see everybody succeed. So if yeah. it's if you got if you got the the gig as the sound guy, it's not like Tim's going to be like walk in and be like, oh, hey, I can do this cheaper. I can do this. I, no, he's yeah. going to be like, no, go with that. That's right, it. Yeah. And saying you'll do it. That's the thing with this Ohio Valley, especially like with musicians and everything else. You you like like and that's the thing. Like especially like once we started playing and like even when I played with Matt for the little bit of time that I did, I never was like. Oh, you know, if you go see a show, you'd be like, oh, I can, I can play better than that. I can, no, you're like, dude, you tore it up. Yeah. I, whatever. But it's just, I, that's the thing, like you said about the high Valley and it, I'm sure there's still pettiness because you're not going to avoid that. But as a whole, everybody supports everybody and that's fantastic. Well, it's a loss. I told you before we started, I, you know, when this camera cuts off, if we do have a guest in here that just doesn't have nothing else nice to say about the bands around here doesn't want to work in that community, then we just won't have them back. We don't right. need to have somebody out of that yeah, community. I mean, like I said, I work with everybody. I might not like the music they play, but I still go right, and yeah. just try to support. Yeah. You know, I, I don't sit there going, oh, my God, that music's like, I'm there going, I, I like the beat. Right. I don't like the song, but I mean, I like, I mean, whatever, like for me know? personally, and I, I, yeah. I'd tell Louie the same thing. I'm not into whole, that whole big DJ kind of vibe. Yeah. But I, we're absolutely going to be there to support them. And I'm, we'll be on here. And it's like, yeah, go do that. Because you never know who you're going to reach that that is really their their niche. And they'll be like, oh, man, I didn't know until I saw it. Well, the and, Brighton Boys come out with two albums. Mm-hmm. They never played any of their songs. They played all cover tunes. Yeah. And I kept telling them, I was like, come on, play your song. I said, you, you got the album, use it. Right. You know, don't keep, like, scared to do it. And they had a great selection of covers, too. Yeah. You don't want to get into that part. I'm, in, in their case, you don't want to get into that. If you have originals, you don't want to get into that party band like label to where you can't put yeah. out originals. And that's right. pretty much where they got. Because they were a wedding band. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good They started yeah. at Applebee's to start with. <laughs> that's their first one. And he says on that thing on my, my Facebook, we started Applebee's, thought we were going to get rich. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, like even, like you said, like in... If you're a music fan, like I, when I was, uh, when I lived in Southern Maryland, um, there's a, there was a guy down there that I went and saw him. I supported him. He's playing at the Hard Rock in Pittsburgh. I, I even messaged him. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you since, you know, 2015. I can't wait. He messaged me right back. He knew exactly who I was. He's like, yeah, I remember, you know, my daughter, Sydney. Yeah. Loved this guy. And he was like, yeah, I remember you and your daughter being there. And he was like, I can't wait to see it. And then, like I said, it's just that that musician support is, is is I think, is a lost thing. But it's it's so prominent here in the Ohio Valley that it's just, it's it's really good to see. Um, funny story about the Brighton boys. Um, 
before Doug started working with them, we went up. They're from Brighton, PA. Brighton, we, we went up yeah. to almost scout them. It was like the second time we all, we saw them. We go up to the bar there. Halfway through their set, this guy is on a bike, big uh, long trench coat, uh, bowler hat. Couldn't see who it was. He gets in the bar, gets on stage. It's Donnie Iris. He plays Love is Like a Rock with them. Throws back his trench coat back on, gets on his bike, and is gone oh, into the oh, night. And people are like, yeah. No kidding. They're like, yeah, Donnie's yeah. from here. He just does that every once in a yeah, while. I've met Donnie Iris a yeah. bunch of times. Oh, my Pittsburghese is coming out. Yeah. Donnie Iris. <laughs> yeah. So one, one singer, and I can't think of her name, The Roots or something. Yeah. Is Alex's uncle or something. Oh, or right. have or some, some relation to Alex. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. That's cool. All right, guys. Put a ribbon on this so I can get to editing the night. <laughs> well, Beef, thanks for coming yeah, in again. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Come there right now. Yeah, if anybody's watching, <laughs> go back in time. We're literally we're gonna head over to the waterfront. So. Yeah, funny story about that. We were at the waterfront doing the DJ fest. We had Louie going. If you're not at the waterfront hall, get here right now. And the whole time, Doug is trying to signal to Louie, like, hey, this isn't live. And we're yeah. trying to, like, yeah, say, like, hey, tomorrow, but you go to, you know, back up in time. We will get to the live podcast. We will get there soon, but yeah, we, just not we yet. have the system. Can you do the, like, phone ins? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do that too? Yeah. yeah, I do the phone ins. Yeah, we're getting there. And it's going to be, uh, but like yeah, I, I said, I was just sitting here thinking, like, you could call Matt or somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Join yeah. with us. And, and um, a cool like program I have is they do an auto green screen. So like I, you can set up in front of somewhere. It, it could be like a messy living room. I yeah. can take all that out and just have you like literally sitting on the chair. Yeah. We did that a couple. We did that with Matt. And we, we did, did that with and, and Johnny. Johnny yeah. yeah. So, did that. Uh, that uh, yeah. What's the rat roster thing that Tim's doing? Redneck roster. Redneck radio. roster yeah. radio. Yeah. yeah. Beam him in. Is he like part of? The, something or is it just a, his own broadcast his own broadcast that's his own yeah. thing yeah so it's uh yeah. i mean i'm going to be involved in it but i yeah he he's doing more like segments to, to his instead of like say like we put out one episode where it's just you and i his episodes would be 10 minutes at the waterfront 10 minutes with say luke burkhardt's Burkhardt, one of his yeah. good good buddies and 10 minutes was like with bullshit with beef at your bar he'll, he'll put it all together and kind of like a variety show type of tim's a really good guy i Everybody thought me and him would never get along because we clashed too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and me and him are just like best of friends. Listen, I think um, other than if you're one of those people that Clark Griswold your house for Christmas, I think Tim will get along with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to get see that first episode he puts out because I know he's he's been putting the rants he's going to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, very. Yeah. going to be rants. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's got. Stuff in the chamber about the Moundsville government, oh, about yeah. Christmas light, tree decorators. And... Oh, let's we we got to put Tim and Johnny hot people. people we got to put that. We, actually, we'll bring them in on ours because that thing's going to go through the roof. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah. thank you guys for having me. I Thanks for coming. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it, man. It's always a good time sitting bad. talking to you. No, no. no. <laughs> listen, it's a good time, man. It's it's funny, especially now that we can bring up like the past lineups. That was yeah. just so interesting to see, like. Like huge, like I said, pioneers of country music. When you see like George Jones and all these people that played, yeah. but yeah, it's like that's... Razor said earlier. I feel like I'm kind of part of this. <laughs> oh, been yeah. here so many times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's talk as much as it tonight. But... The community. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, is like I said, the the great thing is, is with with your involvement in this area, 
we could do a whole Doug Boston series oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. on just all the time on what what you've done and where you've been involved in. It's just because yeah, I'm not in any like DJ and done sound and lighting and stuff. I worked in construction company, trucking company. Yeah. I mean, I've done everything. Yeah, I worked at TLC in St. Louis, driving from California to New York back and forth eight years. Oh man! Until I saw a bad wreck out in yeah, uh, I forget where it was at Kansas, I think. This semi just literally disintegrated. We were all going 100 mile an hour, and all we saw was ashes. Ooh. I mean, he hit the bridge 100 and some mile an hour, and just. Yeah. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, can we start a trucking company? He says, Why? And I was like, I'm coming off the road. Yeah. I just saw the worst accident I ever want to see, and I don't want to drive over the road no more. Yeah, yeah. God bless her. Can start doing all this. Yeah, stuff. God bless those guys that do those long hauls like that, man. I, I yeah. just yeah, like the incident in Columbus here. Just yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's God bless them. Like I said, I I could never ever ever do that job. Oh, I mean, because if if I don't have somebody in the car with me, like today I had to go from here to downtown Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. I got to have the radio blasting and the window <laughs> open, or I'm gonna fall asleep. I suck at going long distances. I'm gonna, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. So, Power Man 5000 and Pantera never That's failed it. us. <laughs> I, I used to not be that way. Yeah. Now I am. Yeah. Pantera's off the list because, like I said, when I played at Star Lake, he, the lead singer, spit on us because we were stopping people from jumping the stage. Oh, really? Yeah, he was spitting on us, and th- and so I don't. He was also I, addicted to heroin. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't care. So I won't. I, yeah. I don't. But yeah, I whatever. drove a tour bus from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, clear to Pittsburgh, nonstop. I had to go to the bathroom, stop, pulled off the side of the road, opened the barn, the door on the bus, and that's where I went, and back into the seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Where yeah. we went. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go check out 50 Years of Hip Hop. Let's go. Three hours. Yeah. All right.